Well, Sam Pope has our special this morning. than silver or gold I'd rather be his than have riches untold I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand Than to be the king Of a vast domain Or be held in sin's red sway I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. He's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out the comb. He's all that my hungry spirit have Jesus and to let him be than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's red sway I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today that this world could
This morning, if you will, open up with me to John 15. We're going to talk about are you connected? If you will, stand up with me this morning as we read God's Word. Looking at verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Let's bow this morning for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to come out this morning. And dear Lord, not only fellowship, but study a portion of your word. Dear Lord, thank you for the Sunday school classes we had this morning. Dear Lord, help us to take what we learned in there and what we learned uh, in here today, dear Lord, and apply it to our lives so that our lives may uh, bring much fruit and honor and glorify your name. Forgive us all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. This morning I want to talk about this passage because there's, there's so many things happening here in this passage. Uh, if, you, if you find the context of this, this is just right after uh, the Lord's Last Supper. And uh, He's sitting there with these disciples. And, and this is, I would call this an intimate setting. Uh, if you really study this out, context tells you that Judas has already left. And he's sitting there with, with the 11 disciples that just truly loved him. And they were uh, going to be the ones that followed him after his resurrection. And, and you have here these men. And Jesus declares to them, he says, I am the true vine. And, and when you go back and look at this vine, you see that it's much more than just a, a great plan or anything like that. To the Jews, they had a mindset of what the vines, what a vine was, spiritually. And you can see this in, in Psalms, if you'll go over there with me. Uh, one of the most clear places that I saw it was in Psalms 80. And Jesus literally points out the first vine mentioned in the Bible, uh, a spiritual vine, and that is the nation of Israel. He says in Psalms 80, verse, uh, verse 8, Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. If you go back and you study uh, the history of Israel, you realize that, hey, this matches up. God brought Israel out of Egypt. He, when He brought them out of Egypt, He went into the land of Canaan and He cast out, uh, or His goal at least was to cast out all these other nations. Uh, because of Israel's sin, we know that 
they didn't really get all of them cast out because they didn't follow the Lord's direction in, in several things. But we know that that verse that David declared in Psalms 80 is talking about the nation of Israel. So there was this vine concept to Jews. They knew exactly when he said, I am the true vine, uh, if it weren't a more intimate setting, if it would have been around the Pharisees, they probably would have been offended. Uh, the Jewish people had a familiar terminology with him stating, I am the true vine. Uh, the people with the vine as Israel could not produce the fruit that God wanted them to produce. If you look over in Isaiah, another quick reference to this uh, vine as described as Israel, in Isaiah 5 and verse 4, it says, What could I have been more? What could I have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. God had this purpose and this intention laid out before Israel, but because of their sin nature, they couldn't meet it. They could not obtain the righteousness that God wanted them to have. As a matter of fact, He wanted them to be this holy nation that represented Him. And they couldn't do it. Because of their unrighteousness, as you keep reading there in uh, Isaiah 5, you'll see later on that the reason they were oppressed was because of their righteousness or lack thereof. And, and, and here's the thing. When Jesus stated, I am the true vine, what he was saying, the things that Israel couldn't hold up to, the laws that, that God gave Israel, they couldn't hold up to it, I can They were supposed to be righteous, but they weren't, and I am, is what Jesus was saying. He said, I am the true vine. See, God wanted them to be a holy nation, Israel, but they couldn't. So God sent His Son into the world to to unite many for righteousness' sake and for the glory of God. And that's why He was the true vine. What Israel could not do, Jesus Christ could. John fourteen six, just just a chapter back from our text, Jesus states that uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And as as we read that, and we see that Jesus is our only way that we can get to God and have fellowship with Him. So by Christ revealing that to His disciples, it tells us the only way that we can have uh, favor with God, the only way that we can please God, is through Jesus Christ. What Jesus was revealing, that it wasn't going to be anybody's lineage that gained them favor with God. It was going to be through Him and Him alone. But here's the thing. It's not just in Christ, but it's abiding in Christ. If you look at verse 2, 
It says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Skip down to verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. You see, here's the thing. Many would uh, say that this might be about salvation. I think other scripture tells us that uh, God's not going to leave us or forsake us. This abiding in that Christ is talking about is usward. It's what we do to have fellowship with Christ. It's what we do to stay close with us. He is, when He indwelled you upon salvation, He is never going to leave you or forsake you. That is eternal. But this abiding in that he talks about is what we can do when, when we have fellowship with him. And we're going to talk about at the very end what people who abide in Christ do. You see, it's just like uh, if, if someone was standing behind me, me and him face to face, we have full fellowship. But when I turn my back, he's still there, but we don't have full fellowship. That's the relationship with Christ. When when we turn our backs on Him, when we go down our own path, He's still there waiting for us. But we don't have that fellowship that we'd have if we'd just turn and go the direction that He'd have us to go. You see, uh, Jesus, He's not talking about salvation here. He's talking about His our relationships with Him. And and who's he talking to? The context deems this because he's talking to his disciples. He wants them to be close. He wants them to do great things. What does it say? Uh, when we bear much fruit, it, it glorifies God. And that's what he wants from his disciples. He wants them to glorify God and do great things. And they did. But they had to keep a close relationship with God to do that. Uh, and there's many here this morning. You seem like you're in, but you're probably not abiding in. And what I mean by that is you go to church, everywhere you go, I mean, you've got the Christian bumper sticker on your car. You, you, you look like you're totally in Christ, but you're not abiding in. And what I mean by that is God has a will for you. And let me tell you something. I, I can't tell you that personal will that He has for you, but I can tell you three things that He does have for you. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to follow Him in scriptural baptism. And He wants you to join a church for His honor and His glory. And, and if you're not doing those, if you've not done those three things, then you're just in. You're not really abiding in because you're not following after his will. You see, uh, those who do not abide are not a part of the fruit bearing. But those who do abide see fruit produced through them by Christ Jesus. When we abide in Christ, we have the ability to be used by God. 
we are part of something truly much bigger than ourselves. You know, I, I used to I used to love when uh, me and dad would go outside and and he'd have a project. And the thing is, if if dad did the project by himself, he would probably get done a lot quicker. But he chose to use me. To help him with the project. Because he loved me and he wanted, he wanted me to come alongside and, and do the same things that he was doing when I grow up. And see, Christ is the same way. He could give the gospel to everybody in here just like that if he wanted to, but he chose to use men and women to give the gospel. To take the gospel to different people. So that when, when, when we grow up, so to speak, but when we grow up in Christ, we can become like Christ. And what did he do? He went from town to town to town, spreading the gospel. You see, he chose to use me. If you want to, you can look down at verse 16 in your text and see that. It says, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. There's the goal. To bring forth fruit. It's amazing me to think, uh, amazing for me to think that through our obedience, Christ is creating beautiful things. I've never, uh, take that back. I have smelt fruit that smelt horrible. But I've never seen fruit that wasn't beautiful. Uh, and what I mean by that, if you go to the Philippines, Dorian is disgusting, smelling. But it's still a beautiful fruit. And, and when he says you create fruit or you bear fruit when you're abiding in me, it, it makes me think God, it, it, he wants to do something with me and he wants to bring about something beautiful. You know, we, we've had our, over the last few months, we've had... Uh, many additions to the church, and we've seen literally God create something beautiful here at Promised Land. But as I back up and I think about that, if we weren't abiding in Christ, none of it would have happened. None of that would have happened. The vine produces the life that the fruit needs. The branch is the channel which the vine uses to get the life from the vine to the fruit. So are we to Christ. If you want to see fruit, you need to take the life-saving message of the gospel to people and the world around you. Here's, here's Before we get all excited about that, I want us to take a step back and look at this next point. God rewards obedience with challenge. Now, I don't want to get your hopes up because this is a beautiful thing, too. You see, first of all, God prunes the ones who bear fruit. Look at verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. But every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. You see, God prunes the ones that bear fruit. To those who raise gardens or maybe have fruit trees, this makes sense. 
for a plant to grow more and produce more, it has to be pruned. When we begin to obey Christ and see fruit coming forth, pouring forth, it's necessary that we be pruned. Sometimes to grow in Christ, we have to let go of some things. Such as maybe it's certain friends that you hang around and and they're just not allowing you to grow in Christ. Or maybe it's a bad habit that you have and it, it just keeps holding you back in your relationship with Christ. Or maybe it's pride. And that's one of the big ones. We don't want to be seen, looked down on or anything like that. So we can't grow closer to Christ because it seems like that is holding us back. Whatever it may be, God wants to take you to a point where you can grow. Then if you look down at the text below, in John 15 verse 18, look at this text. It says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Jesus tells them flat out, boys, you're going you're gonna to be hated and you're going to be persecuted. When you follow after me, when you do the things that I've called you to do, these are two things that are sure. But then look at verse 21. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake. Because they know not Him that sent me. Let me tell you this morning. If we want to be worth anything. If we want want to stand in heaven and glorify Jesus Christ. We need to be about His name's sake. See, we have the opportunity to participate in what Christ came to this earth to do. And when He calls us out, when He says, you will be hated and you will be persecuted, we have to remember that it's not about me, it's about Him and His name. And the honor and glory that we can bring to Him. If if we keep going and we look at our text over and over again, this is what I found out. That the fact is, yes, there will be challenge, but the goal is to bring more fruit. You say, well, I don't, I don't like the challenge. We have to say more fruit means honor and glory to God more. That's what it equals. Uh, we, we have to realize that herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. That's the goal. It's not about how I look. It's not about how, how, uh, the friends that I have on this earth. It's not about the bad habits that I get caught up in. It's about His name's sake. It's about bringing glory to my Father. 
by doing the things that Jesus Christ has called me to do. What an awesome thought when we're in that in the middle of growing and we see challenge upon challenge come among us, we have to remember this is for God. This is for His honor and glory. You see, Trey's going to be here for a short time. But God's here for all eternity. I need to be about His namesake rather than my namesake. The last point is people who abide in Christ have certain characteristics. And in this, in this passage, we can see a few of those characteristics. First of all, look at verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. People who abide in Christ let the word of God transform them. You see, when he, he said you are clean, that's that same word as purgeth in verse 2. And, and what that means is, is you, whenever we look at God's word, it's a mirror and it shows us our faults, our sin. And those that abide in Christ will let that same word transform them. To take away our unrighteousness. To take away our bad habits. To take away our pride. When we look at His Word, it reflects and we have to say, that reflection I don't like. I want to grow to be more like Christ. And we let the Word transform us. Not only do people that abide in Christ let the Word transform them, But the people who abide in Christ love other people. Look at verse 12. This is my commandment. That ye love one another as I have loved you. When when we see people who abide in Christ, we ought to see love being poured out to other individuals. How can we abide in Christ if we don't love one another? Look up at verse 9. It says, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. These these are direct statements from God to his disciples. If we want to be a true follower of Christ, if we want to abide in his will, we have to realize that we've got to love each other. It's his commandment to us to follow in obedience is to love each other. It's necessary. If you go back just a chapter, John 13 and verse 35, it says, By this, by this, okay, we're going to explain this in a minute, but by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. How important is it that we love each other. Jesus says, well, by this thing, loving one another, all men will know that you're my disciples. Wow. 
what what a you know we talk about DNA and how how I have my mother's eyes or something like that. Not really, I have my father's eyes. But it, it here's the thing. We want to be like Christ. We want to have a characteristic like Christ. Here it is, right in front of us. Love one another. Plain and simple. If I want to look like Him, if I want to abide in Him, it's necessary that I love other people. Then look at verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Here's the thing. People who abide in Christ share the gospel. You see, if we love one another, if we truly love one another, we need to lay down our lives in sharing the gospel. And say, I can't love, I can't love you, Brother Neil, more unless I share the gospel with him. Because here's the thing, if he doesn't know Christ, he's destined for destruction in a place we call hell. And if I really care about Brother Neil, if I really care about where he's going after he dies, I've got to share the gospel with him. You see, if we want people to know our love, we'll tell him a Tell them about the, the man who laid down his life for them. See, no greater love on this earth has ever been displayed than Jesus Christ giving himself up on that cross for you and me. And if that's the case, the ultimate love that we can show each other is telling them about that man. As we get ready for a hymn of invitation this morning, I want to ask you, are you in Christ? Are you just here? Are you just going through the motions each Sunday, coming to Sunday school, being here uh, on time this morning? Uh, Thank you for that. But here's the thing. If you're just here, if you're just in, and you're not abiding in, You don't get to be a part of the fruit. And let me tell you, though, though the fruit bearing, though, though the fruit bearing can be challenging. It's not you that's bearing the fruit. The vine has the life to bear the fruit. You need a closer relationship with the vine, the true vine, Jesus Christ.